0: You're listening to That Damn Ending Show on Talk Jive Radio. I'm Kelly, and I do appreciate you tuning in. So this is from ABC8 in Tulsa, and it says, What I saw just broke my heart. Officials say South Tulsa residents must move. This is on our social media pages if you care to look at this story. What started with an outstanding water bill totaling more than $100,000 at the Vista Shadow Mountain Apartments near 61st and Memorial has now turned into a rescue mission for more than 100 Tulsa families. Lori dector wright is the Tulsa City Councilor for District 7, which includes Vista. She said if the bill isn't paid, the water will be shut off later this week, making it illegal for the apartment complex to lease to individuals. Now Dector wright and State Representative for District 78 Melissa Provenza Provenzano say water or not it's in the best interest for these renters to leave over the weekend two elected officials the two elected officials along with local organizations came in to assess the condition of the property and talk to the families after that visit Dector Wright wrote on Facebook the complex compared to third world nation conditions she said, I see structural damage, I see black mold, these things are not fixed with a coat of paint. These things are not fixed even with, a, with new sheetrock because it's in the foundation, it's in the roof, so these folks do need to get out. Some of the apartments on the property are under renovations. However, the representatives found families living in the midst of construction with sunlight coming through the walls and exposed boards and plumbing throughout their unit. One lady has been here for 20 years and she felt like property owners were taking care of her by relocating her within the complex, but they relocated her to a unit that still has black mold that's making her sick. Many of the families don't have the resources to move, according to Dector, right? It was pretty next level once you started talking to the residents here and the sense of hopelessness on, well, what can we do? What do we have the rights to do? And what I saw just broke my heart, Provenzano said. Provenzano wants to take what she found to the Capitol to advocate for renters' rights, but says many rural renters and landlords don't support changes. She said, we have a large urban center that we have these large outside companies coming in and not doing their due diligence. That's where we can help. And that's where we need to tap in and where we need to move quickly. But quickly at the state is February to May. Looking for immediate help, these families who could be forced to move as early as the end of the week, Dector Wright coordinated with local housing organizations such as Tulsa Housing Solutions. Director Wright said, as of right now, more than 100 families still live in the nearly 600-unit complex. In an interview with News Channel 8, Vista Shadow Mountain Management said they would get the water bill paid, but said they currently have pending legal matters with the city of Tulsa. In a letter from the apartment complex's attorney, it says they believe the city is misreading their meters and would like a city engineer to come out until this occurs we cannot be certain that this property has not been repeatedly overbilled by the city for its water dr wright says she checked with the city of tulsa and they aren't misreading it now she's asking the community for help with donations to make the transition of moving easier on these families there's a number if you want to call and they're also going to be a pop-up resident resource event for the vista shadow mountain residents at volunteers of america and that's going to be on July 10th if you want to attend that. You can look at the article if you want to attend either of those events here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right, let's get into this. Jeez, okay. One of the reasons why I said that we're going to talk about infrastructure today is that this is part and parcel of it. These shoddily built buildings especially when you're looking at government housing when you're looking at section eight when you're looking at a lot of tribal housing um I don't know I was a kid back in the 80s when the housing boom for the was like really took off when when everything was booming I mean there was there was oil lease money aplenty um at that time in the 80s and so um it was a crazy time but back then and even now even now we look at government contractors and they are not held to rigorous standards a lot of times these these contractors uh, there's a lot of cronyism there's a lot of nepotism there's a lot of you know kickbacks I'll say it, kickbacks. <laughs> and because of the way that some of this government money is set up, they really don't have to be held accountable, right? I mean, within the tribes, a lot of the a lot of times it's it defers to to tribal law. I have my quotes up tribal law. And I don't know that there's even any way to hold people accountable for these shoddily built houses and bridges and all of these infrastructure projects, um, wa- you know, water. We're, we're seeing all of these different things with the grid. We're seeing these states, I mean, Washington, my beautiful Washington state, um you know they're having this crazy heat wave and people are having to buy air conditioners where they historically have not had to even air have one in their homes because their weather didn't hate them before this year uh and so that's that's putting strain on their grid even as as involved in, alternative resources as they have been and that's the one state that hasn't allowed fracking so you know when you when you look at that i mean it's all part of climate change and and we have to build sustainable infrastructure sustainable infrastructure to 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 make sure that, that it can survive this climate change that's already happening. I don't even know that we can stop it at this point. But you look at these things that are happening in Florida, that building in Florida that we've been talking about, and how they had to demolish the rest of it so it would make it safe for the rescuers to go in and, or, you know, the rescue and recovery efforts. I don't. I don't know how much of a a rescue effort it is, but we certainly didn't want the the people the the rescuers being in more danger. And of course, that storm's just barreling down on them today. <clears throat> so there's a lot of that. But look at that. When you look at these different buildings that are around that building. And all of these buildings that are in Florida and all of these buildings that are in these places where this weather gets extreme, where they have this extreme flooding, where they have these extreme droughts, where they have this extreme cold. And look at their infrastructure. My God, remember when that bridge collapsed on I-35 in Minnesota? I mean, we're, t- we're talking about just years and years and decades of, you know, think about our infrastructure being built. Think about all of it being built. All of it. All of it. All of it. I mean, how old are government kickbacks? Where, where, and and I'm not saying it's all bad, y'all. I'm telling y'all that new Kickapoo Turnpike ODOT, y'all outdid y'all on that on that Kickapoo Turnpike. Hurry up and finish it already. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. It's awesome, but you know some of these other local roads and things. I mean, you see how these crews maintain these local roads and these giant potholes. They just, you know, what they they don't even they don't even they don't even like like roll the shit down or anything they just pack it in there and go that's not that's not maintaining your infrastructure with any real sustainability in mind that's just patching to fix and so we need to really look at these things going into the future and going into looking at our building products the things that we are revamping our infrastructure with, are we making it better? Are we making it worse? Because it's like I said, there's nothing that drives me crazier than when ODOT is doing all of this construction and makes the traffic a clusterfuck in all directions for months and months and months and months. And then they don't improve anything. They don't widen anything. They don't improve anything. why? And you know what that is? Wasted taxpayer dollars and wasted taxpayer time. So that's my bugaboo today. We need to, whoever you are, wherever you are, if you're a tribal member, encourage your tribes to really take a look at infrastructure. It's not just about getting that uh, Indian, you know, reservation roads money getting those in your inventory it's actually maintaining those and making sure that they're constructed right in the first place and that goes for anybody that goes for anybody who's building anything especially if you're a federal contractor and you have the responsibility for our interstates and our highways and our heavily traveled roads and bridges and you know dams and whatever We have to prioritize our infrastructure and we have to prioritize it on a national level, on an international level. And I say international because I include tribes in that. Tribes are international governments. They are. And it's going to take everybody to really focus in and take our infrastructure seriously. We have to. I mean, this, this is what we've been left with, this kind of, th- this actual infrastructure that's crumbling now, but we've also been left with this attitude of, eh, we'll just fix it, and hopefully, hopefully somebody else will come along, and maybe one day we'll have the money for it, and maybe, 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 and nobody ever fixes the problem, and then pretty soon you're driving across a bridge on I-35, and it just collapses. So please, folks, think about infrastructure. Think about those things. I mean, our economy on all levels depends on it. So we've really got to look at at a holistic solution to all of it. Climate change, infrastructure, it's all got to be tribes, all got to be part of the conversation if we're going to improve and and make these things better and and make it better for our future generations i don't even have kids and i want to make it better for our future generations so let's uh let's work together to do that shall we thank you so much for tuning in this is a production of the institute for native arts and media we're indigenous we're independent and you're listening to that damn indian show on talk jive radio